sends you flowers when what you really want is time to talk. She gives you a hug when what you really need is a home-cooked meal. The problem isn't your love, it's your love language. Today, I'll be interviewing Dr. Gary Chapman, author of The Five Love Languages. Are you and your spouse speaking the same language? Stay tuned and find out. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for this program. With me by phone lines, I have Dr. Gary Chapman, who is author of many books, including The Five Love Languages. Thanks so much for joining me today. Okay, it's great to be with you today. Well, I'm glad to have you, and I have so enjoyed reading several of your books, but especially the five love languages. I uh, said to several people this week, I wished I had read this years ago. It took my (laughs) husband and I well over 20 years to figure this out, and uh, even as I read it, I kept kept saying, aha, oh, that's why, that's why. (laughs) So uh, I know it's going to be a blessing for our listeners uh, to, uh, to learn that there are five love languages, and we don't always speak in the same love language. So uh, uh, tell us why you wrote this book and uh, how it's impacted so many you know, people. You know, Kay, I, I wish I had uh, had this book uh, 30 years ago myself, <laughs> because my wife and I had struggles for years uh, learning how to communicate love to each other. I wrote the book because uh, I discovered in the counseling office, and I've been counseling now for over 30 years, Uh, that what makes one person feel loved doesn't make another person feel loved. Mm -hmm. So for years, you know, they've been in my office, and she would say, I just feel like he doesn't love me. And he would say, I don't know what she's talking about. You know, Mm -hmm. I do this and this and this and this, and she says she doesn't feel loved. I don't know what else to do. And uh, she would agree that he did all these things, and then she would say, you know, but the problem is we don't ever talk. We haven't talked for 30 years. So she's crying out for quality time, he's giving acts of service, Mm -hmm. and they're missing each other. Uh So I dealt with this in the office for years, and then I started giving lectures on the concept, and everywhere I did, it was like the lights came on for people. And so I thought, you know, if I could write this in a readable form where the common person could get it, uh, it could really help thousands of couples. So that was my motivation, and uh, I, I am really, really encouraged with the results. You know, the book is sold... Uh, over 4 million copies in this country. It's been translated now in 35 wow. languages around the world. So it literally has helped, uh, you know, more than thousands of people come yeah, to absolutely. learn how to communicate. Wonderful. Well, that, what we want to do today is kind of just overview. And uh, I want to begin with uh, one of the questions in your book. What happens to love after the wedding? <laughs> well, you know, most of us get married on a high uh, we, are, we are so excited about each other. We've got these euphoric feelings. Uh, we, we visualize each other as just being almost perfect, and we dream about how happy we're going to be once we get married. Uh, but my experience was the same as many people. About six months after we got married, I lost all those feelings. And instead of the positive feelings, I ended up with negative feelings toward her because she wasn't living up to my expectations, Mm -hmm. and she also lost her feelings. So uh, what we were not told, and what I didn't know when I was coming along, is that those euphoric feelings uh, have an average lifespan of two years. Uh, Some a little longer, some a little less, but average two years, you come down off the high. Mm -hmm. But if you're not ready for that, then it's frustrating 
you know, in the marriage relationship, you lose those warm feelings and you wonder what is happening. Uh, so I think it's just a normal thing that we come down off the high. But we still need to feel loved. And if we haven't learned how to communicate love in a language the other person will feel, then, you know, life gets tedious. Mm-hmm. And the differences between the two of us begin to emerge, and we find ourselves arguing with each other. And we never dreamed that we would argue with each other. Mm-hmm. And we put each other down, and then we develop negative feelings, resentment. And uh, now we're growing apart instead of growing together. So what I'm trying to do is help couples, first of all, understand the phenomena of falling in love and how that works. It's a very positive experience, but it's temporary. Mm -hmm. And then try to help them understand we have to make the second phase of the, the romantic relationship by learning intentionally how to love each other. And that's what many couples have never learned and consequently uh, they end up, you know, the marriage ends up going downhill. Mm-hmm. And in our society today, divorce is rampant, but yes. that's not what we're talking about today. Well, what are the five love languages, Dr. Chapman? One of them is words of affirmation, using words to affirm the other person. You look nice. I really appreciate what you did, just using words to affirm them. A second language is acts of service, doing something for them that you know they would like for you to do. Cooking a meal, for example, is an act of service. Just doing something that you know they would like for you to do. And then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. The gift says, he was thinking about me. She was thinking about me. Look what they got from me. And then there's quality time, by which I mean we give them our undivided attention. I'm not talking about watching television together. I'm talking about the two of you focusing on each other, talking, taking a walk down the road, but the two of you are together intentionally, and there's no other focus. You're just focused on each other. And then uh, number five is physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. And I'm talking about holding hands and kissing and embracing and the whole sexual part of marriage. Physical touch is a powerful communicator of emotional love. So those are the five. And, of course, the message of the book is that out of the five, each of us has a primary love language. One of those five is more important than the other four in communicating love to us. And if you don't speak a person's primary language, they may not feel loved, even though you're speaking some of the other languages. Mm -hmm. And that's why couples often miss each other, even when they're sincere. Yeah, some of your stories are wonderful, but um, uh, one of the things that you said in there is is uh, uh, a lot has to do with how you grew up, and I definitely grew up in a family that did acts of service, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I can see that that's something that I really like. I don't know if it's my primary love language, but um, uh, over the years, my husband has kind of figured out that I like, you know, him mm-hmm. to do certain things around the house that he doesn't have to do. Right. Um, well, let's uh, delve into each of these in a little more depth, and I hope that you will share some of your wonderful stories as well. Let's start with words of affirmation. Yeah, words of affirmation. You know, the book of Proverbs says, uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Uh, You can literally give your spouse life, or you can kill them by the way you talk to them. Uh, You know, Kay, once in a while I meet people, like a lady who said to me some time ago, she said, Gary, I I know that it would be good if I could give my husband some positive words. I I know I should do that. 
she said, but to be very honest with you, I can't think of anything good to say about him. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it was a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. So I said to her, uh, well, tell me, uh, does your husband ever take a shower? And she said, yes. I said, how often? She said, every day. I said, if I were you, I'd start there. You know, just (laughs) say to him, I appreciate you taking a shower. (laughs) And I reminded her that there are men who don't, you know. So the reality is I've never met a man or a woman uh, that you couldn't find something good to say about them. Mm -hmm. And when you give your spouse a positive word, there's something inside of them that wants to be better. But when you give them a critical word, Mm -hmm. a put-down, there's something inside of them that wants to stay away from you, and they probably will. So many times by our critical words, we drive our spouses away. Mm -hmm. But with positive words, you draw them to yourself. And you have a list of uh, suggestions, and and as we've spoken, you've shared some of those. But what we always say is start with something positive, and as you said at the very beginning, you you can find something. You yeah. can definitely find something. Well, the next, um, the one, the next one that I have on my list here is quality time. Let's talk, talk about that. Okay, quality time is giving the person your undivided attention. You know, a lot of folks think that quality time is just spending time in the house together uh, or in the same room together, but that's not quality time unless your focus is on each other. Uh, you can sit on the couch and watch television, but your focus is on New York or whatever program you're watching on television. Uh, If you want to give quality time, you're sitting on the couch with the TV off and you're looking at each other. I sometimes say to couples, you know, do you have a couch? What do you do with it? Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried sitting on the couch with the TV off looking at each other? It can be scary at first, you know, (laughs) looking at each other and then talking and listening to each other or taking a walk down the road together, just the two of you or going out to eat, as, as long as you look at each other and talk. Now, you know, Kay, one of the things I've observed in, the rest, in restaurants, you can almost always tell the difference between dating couples and married couples. Dating couples will look at each other and talk. Married couples often sit there and simply eat. Hmm. And so quality time is not simply being together, even if you're going out to eat. It's talking to each other. It's listening to each other. Or it could be that the two of you are doing a project together. You go out to plant a garden or something together. But the point is not the garden. The point is we're doing this together. We're demonstrating our team, our sense of oneness in this project. So it's not simply talking and listening to each other. It can be doing things, but the point is not what you're doing. The point is you are doing it together. You're building memories of time you spent together. Now, sometimes one of the the couple are going to really want to go to the Muni Opera or the Symphony, and the other one may not even like that. But they will do it as an act of love toward their spouse, at least at times, would they not? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Uh, The important thing is, if if it's going to be something you're attending or something you're doing, is that it be something that one of you enjoys. Uh, Let's face it, we're different we don't all like the symphony, mm-hmm. or we don't all like bluegrass or country mm-hmm. or, or whatever musical form. Right. But if your spouse likes it, then it's going to be a pleasant experience for them. So as an act of love, you sign on to go with them with a positive attitude. 
Now, you don't go with the attitude. <laughs> you call this stuff music. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you're going to go, go with a positive attitude. You're not going to get as much out of it as they do, but your satisfaction is in doing something with your spouse that you know they enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some wives, that's going to a football game okay. or, you know, some sporting event. And uh, so it can go either way. Mm-hmm. But one of us needs to like it. Mm-hmm. One of us needs to really want to do it. <laughs> and the other does it because they want to be with that person and they want to express love. That's great. That's great. So that's just a little bit of information about how we spend quality time with our spouse. Uh, the third uh, of the love languages uh, that I have listed on my list here is receiving gifts. Yeah. And I think that's pretty simple, but it doesn't need to be an expensive gift, does it? No, it really doesn't, Kay. You know, my uh, academic background is anthropology. I have an undergraduate and a graduate degree in anthropology, the study of cultures. We have never discovered a culture where gift-giving hmm. is not an expression of love. Interesting. Universal, to give gifts. And uh, you're exactly right. The gift does not need to be expensive. Uh, I often say to, uh, if I have couples together, I'll ask uh, mothers, how many of you have ever received a dandelion from your kids? (laughs) And almost every mother's Mm -hmm. hand goes up, you know. And I say to the guys, you know, I'm not suggesting dandelions. (laughs) However, you could go in your backyard and pick a flower and bring it inside. And if you don't have a flower in your backyard... You could go to your neighbor's backyard, <laughs> or you could even go to a funeral and ask the family. <laughs> they would give you a flower. <laughs> yeah. So gifts need not cost money, no. uh, and certainly don't have to cost large sums of money. Now, obviously, if a man is a millionaire and he only gives a dollar gift to his wife, mm-hmm. it may not be received as a true gift. But, you know, many of us don't have a lot of money. You don't have to have a lot of money to give gifts. You can find gifts. You can make gifts. Uh, you know, you can ask other people to give you something you could give to your spouse. <laughs> but if this is their language, and for some people this is their primary language, and you don't give them a gift, you go on a business trip, for example, and you come home and your spouse says, you, you didn't bring me anything? Mm-hmm. They're telling you this is really this important is to them, gift. you know. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you better hear the message, and the next time you go, it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be anything. But you say to them, you know, I saw this and I thought about you, yeah. and you you give it to them. Wow. You know, when we cleaned out my mom and dad's home, we found all these great cards that my dad would make for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he could certainly afford to go and buy them, but yeah. uh, they were just so special little drawings, and he wasn't even good at it, um, saying, I love you. And yeah. uh, that was just a blessing to us as a family to, to know that, you know, we probably didn't even see those those cards. Mm-hmm. But uh, simple ways that we can uh, give gifts. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the next uh, love language is acts of service. Tell us about that. Well, there are obviously many opportunities to serve each other by doing something for the other person. I mentioned earlier fixing a meal. Fixing a meal is a big act of service. You know, as a matter of fact, Kay, I went home just today for lunch, and I was planning on just fixing me a, a fast sandwich. And uh, my, my, my wife uh, was there, and she was, was boiling some peas. And I said, honey, those aren't for lunch, are they? She said, yeah. I said, oh, I was just going to fix a fast sandwich. He said, I know what you were going to do, but I, I, want you to have, I want you to have some vegetables. So she fixed these peas and fixed me a really nice sandwich, you know. She didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. but it was an act of service. And uh, so it, it can be an elaborate meal. It can be a simple meal, but 
a meal is an act of service. Washing dishes is an act of service. Vacuuming floors, uh, you know, trimming shrubbery, mowing grass, walking the dog, changing the baby's diaper. Big, big act of service. Yeah, especially uh, for the men. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but but anything that you know your spouse would like for right, you to do. Right. Uh, for example, some women really, really appreciate their husband filling up the car with gas so that they don't have to do it. Right. Now, there are other wives. That's not a big deal. They, just, they don't mind doing it. They just do it. But it, whatever you find out in terms of what service really speaks deeply to your spouse, then those are the things that you need to concentrate on. Mm-hmm. Uh, acts of service is the language. Uh, the dialects of that language are little thing, anything that you know your spouse would really like for you to do. So the idea is that if this is their primary language, then you remember the old saying, actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. For these people, that's really true. You can say, I love you, I love you, I love you, and after a while they're saying, if you love me, do then something. why don't you do something to help me? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so the words didn't communicate, but mm-hmm. the actions speak louder than the words. Mm-hmm. So for people for whom acts of service is their primary love language, there's nothing more important you can do for them than to do some act of service that renders help to them. Yeah. You know, my husband goes out every morning and gets my newspaper for me. Mm-hmm. And when he's gone on a weekend, I so miss that. And yeah. it's just a, s- a small thing, but I, mm-hmm. I always love to read the paper in the morning. But it, but I know he will go out and he yeah. will uh, get that paper for me. And he does a lot of those simple little things yeah. uh, that I so appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. great. Simple acts of service speak volumes yes. if this is the person's language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I think for me it is. Now, um, the the last love language uh, is physical touch. And uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, physical touch in the context of marriage refers to holding hands, kissing, embracing, uh, the whole sexual part of the marriage, uh, putting your arm around their shoulder, running your hand through their hair, driving down the road. You just reach over and put your hand on their leg. Just physical touch. You know, we've long known uh, that physical touch is an emotional communicator. That's why, for example, with babies, we pick them up, we hold them, we cuddle them, we kiss them, and the child feels loved long before the child understands the Mm -hmm. meaning of love. Mm -hmm. Well, in adulthood, it's still a powerful way of communicating love, physical touch. And for some people, it's their primary love language. So if you don't touch them, if you don't reach out, for example, and hold hands or you don't kiss each other periodically or you don't give hugs, after a while, they're feeling, he doesn't love me. She doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. And, and their reasoning is you don't ever initiate touch. You don't right. ever reach out and touch them. Right. So touch is a powerful uh, language of love. And for some people, it is their primary language of love. After the break, we're going to learn how to discover our own primary love language and then also our spouses because I think you would agree normally um, people don't have the same love language, do they? That's normally the case, Kate. And again, my guest is Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, We're talking about his book, The Five Love Languages, and uh, we will be right back. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six. Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center 
1-877-250-8416 or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. For more information, contact us at witness to family at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Family Shield and for your prayers. Learn more again at www.familyshieldministries.com. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. I would, uh, and as, as I read your book, I know you have transformed marriages that were on the verge of ending, have you yeah. not? Yeah, there have been many, many marriages that have uh, found new life by this concept. In fact, almost every weekend, I do marriage seminars around the country on Saturdays, and almost every Saturday someone will come up to me and say, you know, two years ago, three years ago, we were next door to divorce, and somebody gave us your book, The Five Love Languages, and it just turned our whole marriage around. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we realized we had been missing each other, Neither one of us felt loved. Our love tanks were empty. We started speaking the right language, and our whole emotional relationship was reborn. Uh, I believe, Kay, that the need for emotional love is the deepest need we have emotionally. Mm -hmm. And in a marriage, the person you would most like to love you is your spouse. In fact, if you feel loved by your spouse, the whole world looks bright. But if the love tank is empty and you don't feel loved by your spouse, the world can look pretty dark. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing of learning how to meet each other's need for love is so essential to having a long-term positive uh, marriage relationship. You bet. You bet. Now we talked about how we learn which uh, love language is our primary love language. What about our spouse? You actually turn those things around. Now, again, in the book, you know, we have a profile for the man and a profile mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. the woman. So you each discover your own, and then you tell the other person. Uh, but you use those same things. You, you, you observe your spouse, how they express love to other people. And most of us can readily, you know, know how they do that. If some people are married to an acts of service person, they're just always helping people. They're the first ones to volunteer when somebody says, you know, we need somebody to go clean up the yard for this couple that's in the hospital, or somebody needs to take food. And they're, they're the first ones to raise their hand. I mean, this is their thing. And uh, so you observe how they express love to other people. And uh, secondly, uh, and let me, let me just say this, 
it's not always true that 100% of the time the love language they speak is the one they want. Oh. About 75% of the time that's true. But there are some people that have learned to speak one of these languages in childhood, and they speak it really, really well, but it's not what they want. Uh, for example, uh, a, a father may teach his son, uh, son, listen, the main thing is to remember to get the woman gifts, okay? Don't miss her birthday. Don't miss an anniversary. And give her gifts when there's no special day. So this kid grows up learning how to give gifts. But that's not his love language. That's uh-huh. not what he wants. Mm-hmm. He's doing that because he was taught to do that. Okay. So uh, it's just a clue. It, it's not conclusive. But secondly, you ask yourself, what does my spouse complain about most often? Because their complaints also reveal their heart. You see, we tend to get irritated when our spouse you know, criticizes us. If they say, for example, you know, we don't ever spend any time together, you're very likely to say, I don't know how you can say that. We spent all evening Friday together. <laughs> so you come back defensive to say that you're wrong, when in reality they are revealing to you their love language. So the complaints reveal their love language. And if we can get over the defensiveness long enough to listen to them, Mm -hmm. we can learn their love language. And then again, you ask, what do they request of me most often? Because their requests reveal their language. If they say to you when you're getting ready to go on a business trip, uh, be sure and bring me a surprise, okay? They're telling you gifts is their language. So what do they request of you? And again, you put those three things together, and you can determine the love language of your spouse. Great, great. Well, you had, again, so many wonderful stories in here. Yeah, I had a couple uh, not too long ago who came to me uh, who had been married for 30 years. And uh, the husband came up to me and the wife at my my seminar, and he said, uh, Dr. Chapman, we don't know you, but we feel like we know you. And uh, he said, we really drove about 400 miles to come to your seminar for one reason. We wanted to say thank you. Because God used your book, The Five Love Languages, to turn our marriage around. He said, we've been married 30 years, and to be very honest with you, the last 20 years have been pretty miserable. He said, but about a year ago, I was talking with a friend of mine, and just I just opened up and just told him how, how bad our marriage was. He went into his house and came back with your book and said, here's a book that'll help you. He said, I took the book. I just was trying to be nice to the guy. He said, I thought to myself, I, I don't want to read a book. You know? <laughs> but he said, I went home, and I, I read the book. He said, in fact, when I started reading it, I couldn't put it down. He said, I stayed up until 2 a.m., and I finished the book. And I thought to myself, why? didn't somebody give me this book 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I want to let our listeners know then that you have a website. Two websites. One would be uh, GaryChapman.org, O-R-G, and there they will find my seminar schedule where I'm going to be all over the country. But they could also go to FiveLoveLanguages.com. All right, you can spell out the five or just put in the number, FiveLoveLanguages.com. Yeah, thank and, you so much for being our guest today. Thank you, Kay. Great to be with you. Dr. Gary Chapman, the author of The Five Love Languages. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.